Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. So, what did you vote for today? Can you tell me that? What did you vote for? When you give something your attention, you're perpetuating it. Boy, howdy. I mean, I don't have to tell anybody how how entrenched in patterns uh, the, the human persona can be. We get so entrenched in patterns and repetition. The... Uh, on on the low end of the scale, we're, we're pretty much living the same day over and over and over like Groundhog Day. And uh, our thoughts really don't change. And what I mean by our thoughts is our votes. Our votes don't really change. What we put our attention on. What we put our attention on, we're voting for. We're voting for, I think it was Gandhi that said, uh, there's a, we're going to have a, a anti-war protest. You want to come? And I think it was Gandhi that said, nope, I don't want to put attention on what I don't want. But if you have a peace rally, I'm all over that. So what did you vote for today? What did you give your attention to? When you're on the internet and you're scrolling and all that stuff, oh, look, here's a juicy story about somebody crashing and burning. I'm going to give my attention to that. Now, I uh, I need to uh, uh, contextualize this. It's not like you put your head in a bucket of sand to, to the negative. Well, wait, didn't you just say that whatever we put our attention on expands? Well, yeah. The, the, the dance, perhaps, is to see, to see the truth of what's going on without giving it your, your repetitive attention. I mean, there's ugly stuff going on on the planet, really ugly stuff. And it's not its not like we um, label it bad and put a lot of judgment on it. That, that's pretty much anchoring it in our experience. If we put judgment on it and then... Judgment plus an emotional reaction—that's a double whammy. That'll get you. That'll get you stuck in the mud pretty fast. But what you vote for today? Now, by show of hands, did anybody vote for heaven, or joy, or laughter, or success, or abundance, or prosperity, or? Love. Sometimes we can get stuck in our patterns. We can get we can get stuck in our patterns, so we click off really decades, and not much changes because we don't change much about ourselves. So tonight, I'm excited for our episode. The topic tonight is. The Wealth Spark, and our guest tonight is Reverend James Parker. The Wealth Spark is the name of his latest book. So what do you want to happen? What do you want the future to look like? Can can you daydream in a moment because you've done it so many times? An idea of what your neighborhood looks like, an idea of what your country looks like, an idea of what the world looks like. 
I'll share a quick one. I like the idea of maybe 1930 or 1940, a while back, you might say. But uh, it was much more of a honeycomb world than a pyramid world. In 1940, pretty much everything you needed to live was within maybe 5 to 15 miles of you. Everything that you needed to sustain your life was local. Local farms, local food, local doctors, local education, etc. I like the idea of the future being whatever happens that the answer to whatever I need to sustain myself is a local event. I don't need the internet. I don't need to reach out across the ocean. Local. Well, that's enough of that. I think uh, time's going to zip by, and I think we should get to it. Again, the topic tonight is the Welt Spark, and our guest is Reverend James Parker. In his new book, The Wealth Spark, Igniting Your Path to Abundance and Success, encourages readers to unleash their full potential. Reverend Parker begins by asking the reader to examine the concept of wealth rather than measure of financial prosperity. Riches are the things that bring joy and satisfaction regardless of your bank account a simple yet inspirational guide this book presents ideas and practices designed to help you achieve the abundance and success in your life reverend james parker is a senior minister and ceo of unity chicago illinois He has an extensive entrepreneurial and leadership background across multiple industries, including telecommunications, construction, real estate, and business consulting and development, as well as restaurant and hospitality. A respected leader and inspirational change maker, Reverend Parker eloquently interleaves profound spiritual insights with practical financial wisdom, inviting readers of the Wealth Spark to embark on a transformative journey towards abundant living and enlightened prosperity. You can learn more at thewealthsparkbook.com. Join me in welcoming... James Parker to the show. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really uh, looking forward to this experience. Yeah. Well, uh, I liked in your um, in the introduction the the idea of riches versus um, not being associated to your bank balance. The idea of our measuring stick. I mean, here in the West. Here in the United States, good golly, money is is such a kind of a, a go-to measuring stick. Mm-hmm. When we, I mean, how much do you make? Uh, whatever you know, um, the big house on the hill kind of thing. So, I I like to get an idea of what your idea when we talk about wealth or riches, how do you measure that? Well, I I measure wealth through a holistic uh, approach. Uh, I believe in in writing the Wealth Spark, I I wrote it uh, to redefine success through the concept of holistic wealth, meaning it's not just about financial gain. You know, what, what society tells us, you know, the misconception. It's about igniting a, a transformative path that leads to financial gain, a rich life filled with purpose, meaningful relationships, you know, good, greater well-being and sustained success. success. And, and I absolutely agree with, you, with um, how you put it, you know. 
It's where prosperity is measured not just by the balance in your bank account, but by the richness in your daily experiences and the personal growth you experience and achieve. Well, you know, rich people jump off bridges in in a feeling of hopelessness. I mean, it, it money in and of itself does not ensure anything as far as uh, how you experience your life. Sure, it can influence that. But um, we can also be biased against money in the sense that um, if we label it uh, the, you know, the, the devil's drink or whatever, um, we're, we're detaching ourselves from a resource for for us to fulfill our life purpose. I mean, yes. uh, the reason I bring that up is uh, um, I think a lot of spiritual people on the planet are waking up and they have a deeply ingrained burning in their heart to uh, provide a, a spiritual resource to humanity. And sometimes we can we can brand spiritual resources as somehow um, degraded as far as having worth to to put a monetary value on a spiritual resource. What do you think about that? Well, I don't think you can. I, I, I think that's apples and oranges. I don't think you can put a monetary value on spiritual resources. At the same time, I, I, I don't think that um, the, the the misconception there, there's a few misconceptions one that money is the root of all evil and the, the second is that you know if you have wealth it means happiness you know it, I, I think we've become so entrenched in uh, some type of you know foregone programming that many of us don't see that the wealth or that our, our, our true riches are within us that our true potential lies within us and uh, you're spot on when you talk about the the, the idea that um, we, can, we can sometimes uh, lose track of, of where we are and who we are as spiritual beings. So, yeah, I, I definitely believe that um, spirituality for me when it comes to wealth is uh, kind of the inner currency, if you will. Um, it, it's that the current that flows through it that allows for us to attract uh, even greater energy um, from outside. And then there's the, the monetary uh, uh, value where, you know, there's a number put on it and, 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 it's, and that's the work it's given. So, you know, it, it's really challenging uh, when you look at it uh, because, you know, we've been programmed in our society, and as you said, especially in our American society, to believe that, you know, capitalism or money is, is the, um, the 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 epicenter of, of of where we're trying to get to, and it truly has lost uh, its value in that uh, you know we're dealing with market uh, assessments and how money is gauged each day, and people are measuring money. But the wealth that we have within us, our spiritual wealth. It's already uh, the most powerful thing that we can have or, 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 or experience, especially uh, the, the wealth of love. If we can, if we had a wealth of love, it would have much more value. A dollar of love would be much more valuable than a dollar of current of, of money, uh, or a dollar of gratitude is much more worth a dollar of. You know, currency. So the, the the beauty of the things that we have within us, the spiritual, our spiritual essence, the things that that are entrenched in us, faith, love, you know, wisdom, uh, all of these things, power, all of these things given to us uh, by God, by the kingdom of God living within us, uh, uh, gives us a much, gives us much more wealth than we could ever receive uh, from our external values. Nice. Well, I don't. I don't intend to talk about money much longer. But the uh, it it's such a emotionally charged <laughs> word, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. So so say 
say I the cosmic two by four cracks me open and I have this um, divine experience and I I feel compelled to f- feed the hungry or provide mm-hmm. shelter or something. Mm-hmm. Money can be an extremely powerful positive force, and mm-hmm. and so to as a as an individual with a compassionate heart to to have a healthy or a healed relationship with money of course i could feed more people if i had a million dollars or a billion dollars or even more um money is not by any means um an automatically negative thing and money can be be a very very powerful vehicle of transformation for, for human suffering. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, I agree. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I agree. Money is, has, money's value is given to it as being a tool for us to use to attract even uh, more money sources. And, and the, 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 the greatest thing about being able to use money to help uh, people who are suffering or who are in pain is that the the the, the greatest part of that uh, equation is that we had the thought to 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 use the money to help others. And, you know the, the the old saying is our thoughts create our reality. So the moment that we you know the thought was created, the substance money was there to then uh, to be used as a tool to. Uh, support our efforts or our goals. So I, yeah, I absolutely believe that it's it's a, it's it's absolutely a tool. It's a it's a good tool if it's used as a tool. But, you know, the saying is not the uh, money is the root of all evil. It's the love of money is the root of all evil. We don't want it. To, it's not to be loved. It's to be used um, as a tool. Very nice. I like that. Now. When we talk about our thoughts, um, in your book, you have a chapter titled Adopting a Wealth Mindset. How does a mindset um, come into the equation as far as uh, transforming our relationship to abundance and success? Oh, that's a great question. So, so the 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 idea behind a wealth mindset is 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 probably thousands of years old. And what 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 happens is is that many of us through our lifetime and possibly through the lifetimes of our parents and our grandparents and our great grandparents, we we become uh, programmed in a sense uh, in in a in a mindset. And a lot of times that mindset is is riddled with scarcity. Uh, let's say um, you had a, a great a grandparent or a great grandparent who lived through the depression. That, right. That that flow of information would carry from generation to generation. So you know there would always be this hoarding or this this sense of you know putting away or you know not taking risk with your money because. You know, you never want to experience a, a, a depression again. But uh, so, you know, we have these limiting beliefs that we hold on to. Uh, and another thing we do is that we, we we tend to talk to ourselves negatively. There's a lot of negative self-talk going on with this. And that could simply be, I can't do this. You know, this is I'm incapable. Uh, I'm not good enough. I'm, I'm too old. I'm not smart enough. You know, we can come up with a million excuses or reasons why uh, we can't do something now in, in our world. And so, and we talk to ourselves more negatively than anyone ever could talk negatively to us. So that's kind of the scarcity mentality, this lack and limited beliefs and thoughts. And so we need to replace those with a wealth mindset. So I, t- I, I write about the wealth mindset because we have to start there with our thoughts. If we're going to achieve abundance and success, we have to change uh, the way we're thinking and the way we're looking at things. It, while you're saying that, the idea of a mindset, it 
really seems like a, our mindset is our momentum. I mean, because you're talking about adopting a wealth mindset. So if if I've, like you said, if there's been generational um, struggles in our languaging, in mm-hmm. our in our family, in um, the our existing mindset is our momentum. Our existing mindset is what we're manifesting today. Our existing mindset is the momentum that we experience day to day to day. And so when Mm -hmm. you talk about adopting a wealth mindset, you're talking about shifting out of that, the, the, the habitual patterns that we've been, uh, repetitively um, parroting or repeating to ourselves day in and day out. Mm-hmm. Yes, and not not only not only the, those things that we've been parroting, but it's it's also we we begin to develop a life around us that is also connected in that way. You know, the old 12-step version that you, if you're going to move away from something, you have to move. If you're going to change or uh, uh, move away from addiction or habits. You have to, you know, move, change the people, places, and things uh, that you're around or that, that, that are in your life. So, you know, we have these limiting things that begin to show up in our lives simply because that's the light, that's kind of the, the, the light we shine or the energy we're putting off. We're attracting the energy back to us. So if we're, if we're dealing with something like, a toxic relationship or people-pleasing or procrastination, you know, or, or, or procrastination or pessimism or negativity or overcommitment or unresolved issues, those things are going to attract the, that very source right back to us. So if we change the mindset, you know, get at the root cause of those things and change the mindset, we can begin to attract a positive energy to ourselves, uh, energy of wealth. Very nice. Well, in the second chapter, you talk about habits of successful people. If we're mm-hmm. if we're going to change our mindset, because um, change in and of itself, I can change my mindset and become an alcoholic by the end of the day. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if I'm going to choose new thoughts, right? If I'm going to choose new thoughts, a new mindset, how do I steer? <laughs> My consciousness. How do I, how do I um, honor the change in my mindset? How do I vet my new mindset to ensure that I'm, I'm choosing something that elevates my condition? Oh, beautiful. So I, I, I believe uh, there's a, a few great uh, techniques or tools that can be used to elevate your mindset. And I, I would I would begin with um, gratitude actually, uh, nice. because gratitude gratitude is an energy, and most people think of it as just you know uh, something that we do, but it's actually an energy. And and when we allow ourselves to be grateful for what we have and who we are and where we are in the moment that we're in, <clears throat> we attract you know uh, even greater things to ourselves. So I would begin with gratitude, but then there's also you know, affirming our truth, affirmations, you know, uh, clearing out all of that um, that negative self-talk with some positive talk, you know, uh, I, I am worthy, I am deserving, I, I am um, a spiritual being having a human experience, I am available to bring forth my best and highest. So we have to change our, 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 our the way we're talking and, and, and the words that we're using. But then I would say, you know, visualization is another huge um, a shift, a, a, a tool that allows a shift into a wealth mindset because it's a mind movie that we're creating. So we create a movie in our mind in that moment of what we see uh, ourselves as being, our, seeing ourselves as our best self in that moment, in the present, and just continuing to allow ourselves to, to stay focused on our highest self, our best self, will allow us to, to then generate that energy or create uh, a new passage into a positive energy so that the, the mindset will automatically shift just by using those three tools alone. 
Very nice. Well, you know, the so the idea of visualization, if 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 I've parked my brain, so to speak, or my attention in the mm-hmm. media, in um um in society, in the collective, so to speak, and yes. and and I've I've developed really heavy patterns of Yes. What what quote normal is unquote? Uh, how do I how do I take visualization because it when we go to be um, creative to have thoughts that are completely um, out of our normal patterning, how do I loosen my mind up? How do I um, open my mind up so visualization because I I can imagine our soul, our soul is this vast persona with beautiful intelligence, and our ego's down there going, okay, I'm going to visualize something that is going to improve my life. Uh, you know, our our minds can't really comprehend um what our soul might have in mind for our lives so when we talk about visualization how can we um loosen up our mental patterning to open it up because if we if we get stuck in the visualization step in other words i can't really visualize much outside of my normal then I can't really draw to me much outside of my normal, right? I mean, how do I mm-hmm. how do I loosen my mind up to allow my, the the passion of my heart, the compassion of my heart, the the life purpose my soul has for me, etc. Yeah, that's that's a very good question. So for me, I really feel like in order to loosen up from you know, the, the social standards that have kind of been placed on, on us, uh, we, we really have to begin to, to, to work our, our muscles, our, our inner muscle. It's, uh, it's, it's so amazing to me how society puts so much emphasis on us working our physical muscles, but rarely does it talk about how we need to work the, the spiritual muscle or the inner muscle. So uh, I think in order to do those things, we have to define you know, our, our goals, what, you know, if, if we're going to create a vision, what, what are we visualizing? What it is, what is it that you truly want? You know, if you could seize the day today, what, what it would, would that thing be? And then I think we just create a detailed image uh, around it. You know, it, we all have the power of imagination. So imagine like what, what would be your best life? What do you see as your vision? And then if that, if you're if you're able to get that far, if you're able to create the vision that you truly want, then you you're able to attach your feelings to it. Like, what what does it feel like to me? Does it feel like? Does that feel like uh, it's James? Does that feel like it's Les? Does that feel like me? And so we can we can attach our senses to it to see does it does it feel right? Does it taste right? Right? Does it smell right? You know? Does it look right? You know? Um, right. Just from our, our our ability to look at it. And, and then I think, you know, the, the biggest thing that we do with, with a, a vision is that we hold on to it. We, can, we, we use it consistently. We continue to, to, to bring it into our mindset. We make it a routine, like I'm going to hold my vision, you know, morning, noon, and night before I go to bed, or I'm going to do it, you know, at, at my lunch break every day. And then, I, you know, a vision is nothing if we don't take action toward it. So I, I don't want us to just sit on uh, on that vision that we have or this visualization practice. I want us to, what's the, what is the very smallest thing I could do to get this vision started? Um, and, and then you do that small thing and celebrate it. You know, I, I did it, you know, and I moved to the next small thing. You know, break it down into workable tasks. You know, work from the ground up, and you'll look up one day and you'll have it. Very nice. Well, I really liked what you said about visualization, and because you honed in with uh, you honed into that visualization with uh, you said feeling. How does it feel? Mm-hmm. 
And so mm-hmm. when you get clear about that feeling, and like you said, the next step is to take action. A lot of times yeah. we don't know what the action is. And sure. and the, the more we hone our the feeling of what we want, the, uh, can that feeling help us recognize when our our choices and actions are in resonance with our visualization? Oh, absolutely. And not not only that, from from holding the feeling, uh, from having the vis- the visualization, and then you know taking a, a look at how it feels to you. Uh, that that immediately uh, creates an energy, and so you'll begin to attract to yourself uh, that very thing that you're visualizing. The moment you you put it in your mind and you detail it in your mind, it is already out in the universe. It's already out into the collective. You've already started uh, the process uh, uh, at work. So uh, you you will begin to see uh, as you see and feel. Uh, different things coming forward to you from your vision. Most people, though, are uh, the problem is that most people, you know, don't see. They don't read the signs. You know, we we have green sign, green flags and red flags and yellow flags. You know, we 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 see them all the time uh, when something feels good or feels right. Sometimes we don't take action. We have red flags that come in our lives based on something that we should or shouldn't, you know, shouldn't be doing, and or someone we should not be relating to. But you know, a lot of times we we just don't pay attention. But I really believe that the the emphasis of all of these things starts from allowing ourselves to work from within. You know, working from uh, 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 from your inner source or the inner spark that's within you, or God, or Jesus, or Buddha, or whatever you call it. You know, what what is that thing that's a higher power that's within you that 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 walks with you and talks with you? I mean, we we all have it. We've all had scenarios where something worked out for us, and we have no clue how it happened. You know, something else did that. You know, it, it, it wasn't us. That's that inner part of you, your, your inner spark that's at work in your life. So it will begin, if you, if you hold a vision of what you want, your inner spark will begin to, to draw it to you. I like that. Well, let's look at that a little deeper. When, so you're yeah. talking about that uh, that inner spark because uh, um ego overdosing <laughs> ego overdosing is uh is really easy to do in our busy society i mean we we're scrolling through social media on our phones on the computer we're bombarded mm-hmm. by so much stuff mm-hmm. and we can mm-hmm. spend 100% of our consciousness 100% of our awareness in our ego how do you how do you uh, uh, teach the ego to um, recognize that inner intellect, that inner spark, that inner vision, perhaps, and surrender to come out of an overdose mode of ego? How do we free up our consciousness and and uh, create a space for that? Uh, that inner intellect or that inner spark to be a more prominent part of our consciousness throughout our day. Yeah, that's that's a great question. And see, we, when, when we talk about the ego or edging God out, as we say, um, this has been something that has been going on since the very beginning of time. And, and, you know, I, can, I relate to a story often when I when someone talks to me about the ego versus, you know, the spark, there is this this story in, in the Bible where Jesus comes uh, on to, to John the Baptist while he's in the water, and he, he doesn't know. No one knows who Jesus is at the time, and John looks up at him and says, "You know, I, I'm not worthy to, to baptize you." You know, and uh, Jesus says, you know, do do what you have been commanded to do. And, you know, later it, it gets into, you know, John the Baptist saying, you know, I, I must decrease 
so that he can increase. And that's kind of the way the, the ego works. If you allow your spirit to become present in any moment, your ego must decrease. It, it cannot uh, yeah, it cannot stay in the same space as your spirit. The, the, the problem what gives the ego such prominence is that uh, many times we disconnect or separate ourselves from our source or God or that spark that's within us. And so I, I would say that if, if we're going to make the shift uh, from from ego, our egoic thinking or egocentric, uh, egocentric ways, I'd say we we must begin by you know getting into you know mindful practices, mindfulness, you know meditation, prayer, you know moving ourselves or allowing ourselves to stay in the flow. You know, people will say to me, James, why are you so calm? You know, this is this is you know the whole world is falling around, falling down around you. Why are you so calm? And it's always because I I stay prayed up. You know, my my walk is a prayer. So I believe that the only way to to shift out of the ego mindset is to allow yourself to to stay in the flow of of a positive mindset or a growth mindset. You know, where you are praying, you're meditating, you're you're in mindfulness, where you're staying in the moment. Because the ego never wants to stay in the present moment. It's either going to send you way back in the past into something, or it's going to send you into the future into something. It doesn't want to be in the present. And so if you can allow yourself to come into mindfulness where you're in the presence, in your present moment, you know, and you're, you're, you're making your present moment the best, your future will automatically be the best as well. So it sounds like uh, shifting your mindset into that inner space to to quiet the mind and and bring the attention mm-hmm. within and yeah. then and then based on the feeling of the vision the the clarity of the vision the intention of the vision using that to vet the choices and actions that you take and since we're talking about a mindset, uh, to to make a habit out of it, um, is this a like a daily practice thing, or is it all day long, or how do we how do we anchor the the new dynamic into a new mindset? Yeah, well, it, it, it is it's it's not necessarily a a daily or an all day long it's a consistency you know it, what what we what we lack most times is is uh, the discipline to continue a process over time anything that we we do over time we will reap rewards from it right it's like planting a seed in the soil you know we leave it there long enough it's going to grow and we are going to harvest it one day and so um, the, the 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 idea is that we have to continue to to do the work, you know, to create a plan around the, the work. What do you truly want? If you know what you truly want, okay, so let's create a plan. What is that plan? Okay, now let's set let's set individual goals for the, the things that we need to get done. You know, I, I don't believe in making these long to do lists because it, it leaves us at the end of the day feeling like we failed. But if we can give ourselves one thing per day that we can do, I, I wrote in the book about something called um, in, in the action step about the one per, the one percent challenge, and what I ask people to do is to take something that they, they want to do or want to, some way that they want to improve and just allow themselves to improve on it 1% each day. So if that's to say you do 10 push-ups a day, let's say you'll do 11 tomorrow. Celebrate that win. You know, you, 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 you've accomplished your goal. And so if you can continue to add on you know, 1% and get that done within a year or half a year, you you will have reached your goal. So the, the, it's not that it's so hard or that it's so cumbersome. I, I think that the, the hardest part for most of us is that we we take we try to do things in huge chunks, and it causes us to to then lose our 
you lose our energy around it and then feel like we failed. Nice. Well, now, in in Chapter 2, you talk about habits of successful people. Who has inspired you as successful people? Oh, I, you know, for me, like, uh, I love the story of, of Jim Carrey. Uh, I, I love the story in, in uh, Chapter 1 of... Um, uh, Roger Bannister, who you know ran a mile in under four minutes, when when experts said there's no way in, that a human can do it. Jim Carrey's story, where he you know wrote himself a check for ten million dollars and then held division, and then one day he was holding the check for ten million dollars for the movie Dumb and Dumber. You know, there's also you know the the Kobe Bryant Mamba mentality. I love you know he, where he you know works. He says you know. Whether you whether you, you you work hard you know at getting up in the morning or whether you do it at night or whether you know you you do it when you don't want to do it that's the dream but but even though that's the dream you won't find that that dream comes true if you do those things something greater will so I you know it, it's those kind of motivators and that's why I tell a lot of stories and anecdotes because I really believe these things these kinds of stories and these people uh, that I mentioned who were everyday people at one point, you know, Oprah wasn't, Oprah Winfrey was an everyday person at one point, you know, so it was, you know, um, uh, Elon Musk and others, you know, they were everyday people at some point who held on to a vision and, and used some of these techniques and tips that I put in the book. So uh, to reach their goal. So I'm, I put these same techniques and tips that they use to reach success in my books to kind of help people fast track their way to the abundance and success, but to do it the right way from, from inside out, not from outside in. Nice. Well, you use Jim Carrey as an example. So in the beginning, he's, he's made a, uh, he's drawn up a check to, to visualize $10 million dollars, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. um, what I'm what, uh, what I'm getting at here is f- fast forward to the actual ten million dollars. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, would I say quality of life or satisfaction or uh, certainly gratitude, but um, if if we've been stuck in a uh, less than exciting, a mundane, or even a depressive state for years of our life, and we mm-hmm. start moving into wealth, and we start yeah. moving into abundance, how do we um, harvest the joy? I'm, I'm, I want to talk about inside attributes, not outside, not the big house on the hill, not the big car, mm-hmm. but how do we... Mm-hmm. How do we fulfill our soul as as success and abundance starts flowing into our life, perhaps for the first time? Oh, I, 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 for me, it, it, it's clear that I, I have to give back. You know, nice. For me, I have yeah, I have to come forth with kindness, compassion, you know, with empathy. I have to give back from my soul. I like that. It, it connects you with your community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, how has your life changed as as um, you've applied these principles? I mean, you've got quite a entrepreneurial background. I mean, how has your life evolved? Oh, but what a great question. So, you know, I was just thinking about that very thing just last week. I I was sitting on my sofa or something. I just finished meditating, and, and this this feeling of joy just overwhelmed me. I mean, I I don't I I don't I, I was almost in tears. I was just flattened by it, and it's because there was 
there was a time, you know, I, I was doing things the right way, the way my parents wanted me to. I was getting good grades, and I was playing sports, and you know, doing all those things. And I found uh, unity and learned that God lives within me, or you know, as Jesus says in the Bible, the kingdom of God is within you. And and that brought an awakening to me. But I, I still was on the, the societal track, you know, where I was going, going to go to school and finish school and then, you know, get into the workforce and, you know, the, the, the wife and two kids type thing. But um, I, I, so I ended up in business and, and it was doing pretty good with it, you know, kind of was tapping into a new market or, you know, creating market share for myself in telecommunications and different things. And I found myself in this really nice penthouse apartment and, you know, just living, living the dream. And, um, but there was this huge void, this huge, I don't know what you call it. Just my heart wasn't there. You know, just, just wasn't feeling it. It was, it was painful. And although I'm, I just closed a huge deal and things were supposed to be feeling pretty good at that point, it wasn't. It just, it felt like, like it just, I just wasn't fulfilled at all. And so I, I, I always keep that, I, that idea, that thought uh, in the back of my mind because, you know, it, it catapulted me. It, it, it put me on a different track where I was like, this isn't prosperity. And so I went on this track to try to find and locate what true prosperity is. And I found out that the prosperity uh, is not what society says prosperity is. And prosperity isn't how much you have or what kind of you know, accoutrements you, you own. And prosperity isn't, you know, uh, in, in the value of, you know, what's in your bank account. True prosperity is a balance between, yes, having um, your, 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 your needs met, your financial needs met, but also, you know, having meaningful relationships, you know, having uh, fun and, and enjoyment with your loved ones. It's having good health, you know, uh, and especially in these times. It's about giving and serving and, and self-care and just being a part of, you know, a greater community. And so I sit back now and I just have this heartfelt joy in remembering that moment when I was in that, that penthouse apartment uh, to where I am now, and I've, I've exponentially in a happier and better place. Yes, that there was probably more money or opportunities for finances back then, but it, it doesn't compare to the joy, the happiness, the wealth I have now. Damn, that was beautiful. That was really nice. Um, beautiful <laughs> answer. Now, you're the senior minister at uh, uh, Unity Chicago. Now, the the wheels kind of fell off the cart in 2019, and everybody's sense of normal um, went out the door. <laughs> yes. With your congregation, you're seeing the the challenges, the struggles that mm-hmm. people are going through in in this uh turmoil, so to speak, this karmic tsunami. The uh what are some uh common things that you've seen show up in in people's lives that wasn't there before what what are some of the new struggles that these last few years have brought to people yeah i mean there's there's uh, several things going on it, it doesn't matter what walk of life someone is in there's there's this element of light depression that is is going around and most people are even unconscious of it um that you know and not just and 2019 was one thing, but there's there's just been this this total form of um, of comparativeness and divisiveness, and you know these, these limited thoughts and beliefs and the haves and the have-nots, and um, and so the, the it, COVID just kind of you know shined a light on it all, and it's it's been something that has been you know replete in our society, but also. 
um, there's these, these feelings that I can see in people of not wanting uh, to, you know, to work things out and stay together and be in, you know, communion together. You know, the, there's also been a huge rise in technology and, you know, stories and reels and, you know, Instagram. And, you know, although these things are excellent tools, again, they can be used in a way that's abusive to, you know, relationships and family. And so there's this, there's just a lot going on in our world right now. But I, 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 I want to say at the same time that there's also there's been an uptick and a rise in people coming into an awareness uh, of, of greater love and light too. And so I, I don't want to take away from that fact. I do realize there's been this rise of the nuns where, you know, many of our churches are declining, regardless of what religion it is. Um, many of our churches are declining because uh, younger people are, are not being fed in the way that they should in this generation. And that's, that's, a, that's a tragedy because, you know, uh, having community and, and a village of your own to of like-minded people that can support your efforts uh, is something that we should all have. So, I, I, so yeah, I, I have these differentiating thoughts on it. I, there's this depression and this, this lack of family and togetherness, but there's also this, 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 this movement toward, you know, enlightenment and, and greater understanding. And I think if we can bring it all together, if we can mesh them, you know, uh, as we were talking about earlier, those, those depression and all those other things that are associated with the ego would then subside as these things of love and, and kindness begin to rise in our world. Very nice. Very nice. So what's what's your vision of the future for humanity? My vision for the future of humanity? That's a, that's a big question, Les. Uh, so if, if Did, I, if, were you expecting a run-of-the-mill interview here? I don't do, yeah. I don't do normal. Well, I love it because it causes it helps me to expand my vision as I think of it. You know, I, my my vision has always been to to bring a, a greater awareness uh, to our planet, uh, to make a difference in the world that that counts, that helps people, and allows um, a, a for a paradigm shift, if you will. I, I want people to seize the day. I want. I want people to 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 live uh, the dream that they've always wanted and to reach for it. And so, for me, I want to continue to do the work, continue teaching, coaching, speaking, continue to bring out the values that are in the Wellspark because that was the reason why I wrote it in the first place. I wanted to write something that could actually, you know, help and support, you know, individuals, families you know, villages, towns, the world. I want to bring a message to the world that is that is clear, that is resonant, and, and that is real, that is true. Very nice. Well, an hour can go by pretty fast. I want to make sure oh, the listeners... <laughs> I want to make sure the listeners know how to get your book. Um, tell them about any services you have. I mean... You have the church, but let the audience know about your platform as well. Okay, yes. So you can find the book at thewellsparkbook.com. And if you go to, to thewellsparkbook.com, you'll find that we we have created somewhat of a community there where there's, there's opportunities for people to come together uh, in a very safe and secure and loving and warm and nurturing environment. There's also uh, uh, workshops there. There's uh, opportunities for master classes. I, I do speaking engagements and some life coaching. But we also have free affirmations where you can you know, just sign up and get 50 free daily affirmations, or you can uh, also sign up for a chapter of the book. There's articles and blogs there and 
video messages, just things to kind of get you through the day if you need support. So come on over to thewellsparkbook.com and and just uh, come in, enjoy yourself. And if you ever need to, to contact me, you can reach me at the contact page. I usually get back to people as soon as possible and would, and, and, and would enjoy uh, having you there. Beautiful. Well, James, I've enjoyed this episode so much. Do you have any closing thoughts for our audience? Yes. Uh, If if I were to say something, I would say um, dare to dream, dare to act, dare to reach higher, dare to conquer. This is your hour. This is your spark. The future of wealth health, love, and purpose is in your hands. Please today and live your dream. Thank you all for being here, and I look forward to to meeting you and and speaking more someday. Very nice. Um, I've really enjoyed this episode. I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. I want to thank you for having me. This has been a beautiful experience, and meeting you has been a joy. We've been talking with Reverend James Parker, and the topic tonight has been the uh, the title of his latest book, The Wealth Spark. So what are you going to vote for tomorrow? What are you going to put your thoughts on tomorrow? Yeah, I'm talking to you, the listener. What's it going to be? Your your word is your wand. Your thoughts are your the brick and mortar of of how you create or change your life. What do you want? What do you want? It's uh, it's a powerful time to be focused. It's a powerful time to to open your heart and draw in a vision, to open your heart and draw in a vision for humanity, the the new normal hasn't been established yet. There's a hell of a tug of war for what that new normal is going to be. And you're part of that. There's the the collective consciousness doesn't exist without consciousness and you are that consciousness you're a a part of the collective when you through the compassion of your heart through the vision of your soul when you get more and more clear about what you would prefer your future to look like you become a seed, a portal, a vehicle of change for humanity. How cool is that? You know, I know it's a it's a big ass karmic tsunami out there, and people are doing cartwheels and trying to get grounded, and everything's flopping around like a fish in a fry pan. But through this immense change. Through this immense change affords us immense potential for change. We can we can change society at such a fundamental at a fundam, fundamental level because of how deep this upheaval is. We're really in a very powerful time. If if we wanted to make a change in 2018, it'd be like, you know, push starting a farm tractor. It, it'd been a lot, a lot of work because the normal was anchored. It was like concrete in our collective consciousness. But now that this big-ass storm's blowing everything around, change is a lot easier. But but we have to be in, we don't have to, but when we are intentional about it and when we're focused about it and when our heart and our soul have some say in our thoughts, when our heart and our soul have some sway in our day, well, damn, that's, 
that's the vehicle of change right there. Hey, here here we are at the end of the episode, and here you are too. I want to thank you for sharing this time with us. I want to thank you for showing up for yourself. It's uh, it's always beneficial when you take the time to grow who you are, and that's the premise of of this show from the beginning. Always a pleasure. Until next time. I'm your host, Les Jensen. You've been listening to a new human living broadcast. If you're a spiritual seeker, you're going to eventually bump up against your relationship with God, especially if you grew up in some of the more classic Western religions. Forgiven Sinner, God's Last Savior, is a spiritual book written for spiritual seekers to help them heal their relationship with God and more fully embody their own life purpose. Forgiven Sinner, God's Last Savior. Get your copy. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Thanks for listening. Until next time.